48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, a government adviser on the pandemic hints at the lifting of some social distancing measures. The Housing Society says it will review rent levels. And President Trump continues to face a backlash over his suggestion that coronavirus patients should be treated with injections of disinfectant. Respiratory disease expert Professor David Hoy of the Chinese University says he thinks Hong Kong could consider relaxing some coronavirus social distancing measures, provided there are no unusual community outbreaks before May 7th. Professor Hoy, who has been advising the government on the pandemic, said the safest thing to do would be to relax some of the rules 28 days or two incubation periods after the last local case had been recorded, which was on April 19th. But he said it's unlikely that the number of daily new cases would remain at zero for four full weeks. He suggested a staged approach. For example, the, the civil servants may resume normal duties and we may also consider allowing the uh, secondary school students to resume school. Yeah, because these secondary school students, they usually have better hygiene, right? So if we come to a stage that there is no, uh, no local transmission, I think we can consider allowing the, uh, the secondary school students to resume school. But Professor Hoy said he believed Hong Kong's border restrictions would have to remain in place longer than its social distancing measures. The SAR has closed its borders to foreigners who are not Hong Kong residents and residents of Hubei province. Anyone entering from overseas or the mainland must undergo 14 days of quarantine. Here's Professor Hoy again. The greatest threat to Hong Kong at the moment is the imported cases from overseas. So we have to watch out uh, for the number of new cases occurring in overseas countries. And we are also uh, observing whether there is any second wave of transmission in the mainland of China where some of the provinces actually are returning to normal. So we have to watch out both sides, uh, you know, whether there is any uh, second wave in the mainland and whether there are a lot of uh, transmission overseas. So the, the border issue will be probably considered at a much later stage, I, I believe. Professor Hoi also said people would probably have to keep wearing masks for between 12 and 18 months until the coronavirus vaccine is available. The virus is still circulating widely internationally. Uh, at the moment, we don't have any immunity. So uh, until we have the vaccine available uh, by mid-2021, the only thing that we can protect ourselves is to pay attention to personal hygiene, such as wearing a surgical mask in public and crowded areas and paying attention to hand hygiene. So I think these uh, infection control measures will last for a long while until we have access to the vaccine. The Housing Society says it will review rents this September of around 85,000 tenants living in its 20 housing estates. The Society's CEO, James Chan, said planned rental adjustments originally scheduled for April had been postponed to help tenants cope with the economic downturn. He said the September review would take into account affordability and the economic situation at that time. He also said the Society would follow the government's lead by waiving 75% of its commercial tenants' rents. Regarding the rent concession measures, uh, we will follow what the government uh, has already announced. And the financial implication on us uh, is uh, something we have been taken into account in our budgeting exercise. Our current balance sheet is uh, very healthy and 
enable us to implement all our projects in hand. So there's not something we should worry about that. Kowloon Motorbus says peak hour bus frequency on major routes will return to pre-pandemic levels from next Friday as passenger demand recovers. KMB says it will also keep monitoring passenger volume on its minor bus routes as well as services during non-peak hours. But it said some bus routes will remain suspended until further notice. President Trump has walked out of a shorter-than-usual White House press briefing, refusing to take questions from journalists. He's faced 24 hours of controversy after suggesting that injecting household disinfectant into coronavirus patients could be beneficial. His remarks have been condemned as dangerous by doctors and manufacturers. The Democratic Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, also criticised the comments. Clearly and sadly, the president is not listening to medical experts, and I don't know which ones he is listening to, if any. It's a clear, visible, within 24 hours, of how the Republicans reject science and reject governance. Without science in our decision-making, we are not going to be on a very successful path. Mr Trump has insisted that his remarks were sarcastic and taken out of context. Political and business leaders from around the world have launched a new initiative to speed up the development of ways to treat and cure COVID-19. The aim is to find drugs, tests and vaccines and ways of sharing them. The head of the WHO stressed that, unlike in the past, this time everyone must have access to the tools needed to defeat the disease. The EU Commission President, Ursula von der Leyen, said the bloc would start a global, global pledging effort with the aim of raising 7.5 billion US dollars. Beating coronavirus will require sustained actions on many fronts. We need to develop a vaccine. We need to produce it and to deploy it in every single corner of the world and make it available at affordable prices. This vaccine will be our universal common good. The Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, has hit back at his justice minister, Sergio Moro, who accused him of potential criminal interference in the federal police. As the BBC's Candice Piet reports, the conflict has the potential to destabilise Brazil's government as it struggles to contain the coronavirus. Jair Bolsonaro's televised address was a counterattack against a man who was one of the most popular and powerful figures in his government. Sergio Moro had gained Brazil's approval with a giant investigation into political corruption. Flanked by most of his ministers, Mr Bolsonaro accused him of acting improperly by demanding a nomination to the Supreme Court. Earlier, Sergio Moro said he was resigning because he couldn't accept a president firing the head of the federal police for personal and political reasons. Belgium has come out with a timetable for gradually lifting its coronavirus lockdown. The restrictions were imposed in mid-March. BBC's Gavin Lee is in Brussels. In an unexpected late-night announcement, the Belgian Prime Minister Sophie Wilmers set out the first in a series of steps to ease the lockdown, starting in 10 days' time, when people will be allowed to leave the house to play sport, but no more than two people together. It'll be compulsory to wear face masks and public transport. All shops will reopen on Monday the 11th of May, except hairdressers, opening a week later. Children will be back in school in three weeks' time, with a maximum of 10 per class, and pupils at least four square metres apart. 
The French President Emmanuel Macron has promised to support the badly hit hospitality and tourism industries through the coronavirus crisis. He's held a video conference with key players, including celebrity chefs. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhard. France's quarter of a million restaurants form part of its lifeblood, both culturally and economically, with catering employing about a million people. All are hurting, from bistros to three-star Michelin establishments. Some of the world's best chefs have had to set up food trucks or delivery services. It's handy if you fancy veal sweetbreads with morel mushrooms instead of a kebab. But behind this lies a very real struggle for businesses to survive. The government isn't expected to decide on when and how cafes, bars and restaurants can reopen till the end of May. Australians and New Zealanders are observing Anzac Day, their annual day of remembrance for their war dead, by holding private vigils at home. Nearly all traditional remembrance services have been cancelled because of the coronavirus pandemic. At the Anzac Memorial in Sydney, the Governor of New South Wales, Margaret Beasley, urged people to take care of each other. War or no war, a pandemic is an enemy. And, just as in war, the physical and mental health of our people is at the forefront of our concerns. In 2020, we again each need to take care of our own health and to look out for the well-being of others. For a second year in a row, there will be no hunting of whales off Iceland. Of the two remaining commercial whaling companies there, one, Havalur, said it was cancelling due to tough competition with Japan, where whaling is subsidised. It also pointed to social distancing restrictions linked to coronavirus, which made processing the meat difficult. The director of the second company said he'd stop hunting whales for good. And that's the news from RTHK. Welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes on offer. First, our featured, soon-to-be-released, three-CD featured album from the Indian Ocean and a selection of hot new hits from a lot of other places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. He's from Rome. And we start off with our first track from a lot of other places on the planet, starting with Brazil and Luigi Luna. This track is called Banho de Folhas, translates as A Bath of Leaves, and it was originally released in 2017 and has just been released at the end of last year, that track and its album. The whole album was called Um Corpo no Mundo, A Body in the World, and Miss Luigi Luna has a bit of a story. Born Luigi Gomez Santarita in Salvador, northeast of the country, she got the name Luigi from her parents in homage to the Queen of the Lunda peoples of Congo and Angola in Western Africa. And uh, she says, there's a reason I have an African name. My parents are part of the Black Militancy Group and uh, movement and designed their children as fighting weapons. And therefore, she, who originally graduated in law and was going to do political work, also, at the same time, was studying music at the university in Bahia, uh, and uh, that's how she went. She moved to Sao Paulo in 2016, 
came out with their first hit, Un Corpo No Mundo, a bit later then. Uh, and this track, Baño do Folas, which at last count had already four official re remixes, re-released with the whole album uh, after she received of so many awards and a budget, she's got a video for it. So let's have a listen to Luigi Luna from Brazil and Baño de Folas. <laughs> A cidade é grande, as pessoas muitas E eu por aí, sem te encontrar Vou pedir a Oxalá Oxalá quem guia Oxalá quem te mandou Tanta volta pra mim uma resposta Tanta volta pra mim uma resposta Tanta volta pra mim uma resposta Tanta volta pra mim uma resposta, 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 nenhuma resposta, mas um punhado de folhas sagradas pra me curar, pra me afastar de todo mal. Para a Bete Branca, a saber. Abre caminho, bate o lixo, para raio, pede branca, aça peixe. Abre caminho, bate o lixo, foi em uma quarta-feira, saí pra te procurar. Andei a cidade inteira, mas cadê você? Cadê você? A cidade é grande, as pessoas muitas, e eu por aí, sem te encontrar, vou pedir a Oxalá. Oxalá quem guia, é pra babá, Oxalá quem te Tanta volta pra nenhuma resposta, 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 tanta volta pra 